We're going to be in the Gospel of Luke chapter 17 this morning. Luke 17. You know, um, it's an often posed question in this culture. How can I have more faith? I did a Google search uh, the other day. Actually, it wasn't Google. It was another search engine, but that search engine still gave a lot of results. Um, How can I have more faith? This is something. All right, pop quiz. How many of us want more faith? Raise your hand. Okay. How, how many of you, um, how many of you would say, no, thanks, I've got enough? You know, I've got so much faith. I don't know what I'm going to do with all of it. I mean, I'm swimming in faith. No, nobody? Yeah. We all feel this need for more faith, right? It, but it's not a new question. It's a question that even the apostles had. Stand with me as we read from Luke chapter 17, and we'll see the apostles, they don't ask the question. They, they kind of give God an entreaty, but this is the basic thing that they want. Luke 17, we'll read verses 5 through 10 this morning. This is God's word, and if you let it, it will change your life. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had the faith like a grain of mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Will any of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he has come in from the field, come in at once and recline at the table? Will he not rather say to him, prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink? And afterward you will eat and drink. Does he thank the servant because he did what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. Pray with me. Father, we feel our faith is so lacking. Give us the faith that pleases you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Verse 5, the apostles said, Lord, increase our faith. Jesus had just commanded a little bit about sin. So he had just told them, first of all, don't be the cause of sin. Don't cause one of the little ones to stumble. Don't let you be the reason that someone else is going into sin. But then he tells the disciples what to do when someone causes wrong to them, when someone offends them, when someone sins against them. They are to rebuke the sinner and to forgive the repentant. Now the disciples, Luke here calls them apostles even. They, they realize this is, this is something that we can't do quite yet. That's beyond our abilities. Um, after all, they knew a life of not causing others to sin is hard enough, but a life of forgiving those who are repentant, no matter how much they've hurt you, calling out the sin and still loving the person enough to seek reconciliation with them. That's that's a tough line to walk. That's a hard thing to accomplish. That's something that we, in our human frailty, cannot muster the ability to do. So they naturally tell God, we need more faith. We need the capability of living that kind of life. And are they right? Well, they're absolutely right that they need that ability from God. So they plead with the Lord, increase our faith. And so often we search for bigger faith. We look for checklists and steps of things we can do to make our faith bigger. One preacher says faith is a muscle. And so we look for the spiritual exercises that will make our faith strong. We 
Another one says, you have to believe it in order to receive it. And so we begin making our demands before God for the things we wish we were to have. Uh, Another one tells us to grow our faith like flowers in a garden. And so we look for the things which will fertilize it. Good things often, Bible study and prayer and things of that nature that will grow our faith. One televangelist website, after telling you, uh, it has this very question in a question and answer. How can I have more faith? And he says something that's actually very true. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so he says, search the Bible. That's a good thing. Then he says, and you also should look at learning to pray in tongues. We're looking for the things we can do. We're looking for the exercises that we can perform. We're looking for a way to build our faith, to grow our faith, to make our faith bigger. People are so willing to wander through the scriptures searching for the pearls of great price that will tell us how to grow our faith. And yet they seem to ignore the thing that Jesus actually said when the apostles came to him and said, increase our faith. What did Jesus say? What steps does he give? What advice does Jesus say? Here's how to grow your faith. Well, it's kind of funny. Look at verse six. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a grain of mustard seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea and it would obey you. Who's here? Who who would be willing to say, I'm ready to move trees with my faith. I'm ready to have the kind of faith that can tell a tree to get up and go get planted over there and it would go. Anybody? Y'all are not raising your hands. Do none of you want that kind of faith? That kind of faith that can, that can just say something and know that God will make it happen? Do we really want that kind of faith? We want that kind of faith, right? Now you're probably saying, he's trying to trap me here. And that's why you're not raising your hand, right? No, no trap here. I honestly want to know, do you want the kind of faith that can say something knowing that God will make it happen because you're living that kind of life with God? That's the kind of faith we want, right? Okay, now that you know it's not a trap, y'all are like, okay, yeah, now I'll raise my hands. I understand that. I get that. I I, I like to lay traps, so I, I understand that. No minds here. We look at our feeble attempts at prayer, our feeble attempts at trying to have faith, and and we realize that we are just destitute. Like we don't we don't have near enough, and we need more faith, right? No, no, no. You see, God does not want us to just have a bigger faith. God does not want us just to have a bigger faith. Now, does he want us to have a bigger faith? Yes, he wants us to have more faith. He wants us to have a growing faith, a maturing faith. But that's not all he's interested in. If all we're interested in is making our faith bigger, we've missed the point. Look at this verse. If you had faith like a grain of mustard seed. Mustard seeds are tiny. They're so tiny, they're proverbially tiny. You want to call something small, you call it a mustard seed. It's that small. It's so insignificant. It was the smallest seed in that area. But yet, that little tiny faith is enough to do something that you and all your strength would not be able to do. So maybe it's not just a bigger faith. Maybe there's something else to this. Maybe instead of increase our faith, we need to be asking God for something a little different. To God, the size of your faith is inconsequential, not nearly so much to the quality of your faith. You see, God does not want us to just have a bigger faith. He wants us to have a better faith, a better faith. Now, does that mean bigger? 
Well, in some ways it will grow, but the growth of faith isn't the point. I'm going to offer you guys an unbelievable offer. This isn't a Nebraskan cruise, okay? All right, it's nothing like that. I'll offer you 5,000 pounds of 0.11111% gold. Don't worry about the other, okay? Or I'll offer you five ounces of pure gold. Who wants the 5,000 pounds? Yeah, that's what I think. Why is the Why is this little five ounce gold more valuable than 5,000 pounds of gold out? Because it's pure. What if instead of just having a bigger faith, God wants us to have a more pure faith, refined in the fire? What if instead of just having more faith, God wants us to have better faith, pure faith, authentic faith? Well, how does that happen? I think we misunderstand faith. Faith is not just something that you mix in to make it work. It's not like a recipe to have the great Christian life. You throw in some Bible study, mix in a couple cups of faith, adds a dash of prayer or two, maybe, maybe some, some good works involved in there as well. You stir it until the flavors begin to come together. What if, what if the recipe of the Christian life was only just one ingredient? What if it was just faith? Now, you got to be careful because faith is not just what you have. It's what God gives you. It's like time. How many of you own time? But we talk about it all the time. We talk about my time, right? I don't have time to do that. Let me check my calendar. And then, and then um, our wives tell us, no, your calendar's wrong. You've got something to do that you didn't know about, Right? We talk as if we own time, but in reality, we don't own time. We're stewards of time. It's something that God gives us for us to utilize for his benefit. Just as a steward has control of the money in a house to invest it for the master's benefit, so we have faith that we have been given specifically to utilize for God's glory. That's the benefit he gets his glory. And if we would look at our Christian lives as a stewardship of what he gives us for his glory and not just as the the faith that we have to make what we want to happen, suddenly it's a whole different world of seeing things. Instead of praying for someone to get better just because we don't want them to be sick, we would be praying that God would be glorified in their healing. And if God doesn't want to heal them, that even in their not being healed, that God would be glorified. It's a whole different world a whole different view, a whole different perspective of the world. Instead of living in a life where I come to God with my requests and my wishes and my demands and I'm expecting Him to do what I want Him to do, faith instead says, God, you are the one that does for your glory. You are the one that deserves the praise. I believe this is a way for you to be glorified, but I am willing to give up my will so that your will will be done, so that your glory will be attained, and so that I can have a role in doing what you want me to do. God, show me where I need to be. That's a totally different way of looking at things. Instead of looking at faith as our possession, what if we looked at it as our responsibility? In fact, Jesus actually talks this way. Look in verse 7. Verse 7, he gives a parable. Will any of you who has a servant plowing or keeping sheep say to him when he's coming from the field, come at once and recline at the table? Okay, so let's set the scenario. This is probably a house that is 
the owner is well enough off to have one servant, but not well enough to have more than one. So the same guy that's out keeping the sheep, the same guy that's harvesting in the fields, that's planting seeds, that's doing the work on the farm, is coming inside and doing the work in the house, preparing dinner, washing laundry. It's the same servant that's doing both because there's only one servant, right? So who's going to have a servant? And as soon as they come in the field, say, why don't you come down and eat this lovely meal that I've prepared for you? Well, in that day, everybody knows the answer to that question. No, we wouldn't do that. Verse 8, would he not rather say to him, prepare supper for me and dress properly and serve me while I eat and drink and afterward you will eat and drink? There's a play on the words that's hard to to catch here. You kind of catch it with the word supper. He's saying what what you're going to do instead of letting the servant have his rest and have his meal Instead of doing that first, you're going to make the servant prepare the formal dinner for you and then scrounge himself up something to eat for himself afterwards. Now, we don't think in terms of this way, right? We don't don't live in that kind of society. But in that kind of society, that's exactly what would happen. And why would it happen that way? Because he's a servant. Verse 9, does he thank the servant? Does the master thank the servant because he did what was commanded? So you also, when you have done all that you were commanded, say, we are unworthy servants. We have only done what was our duty. You might say, what does that have to do with faith? Let me show you what it has to do with faith. When we come to God with our request in such a way that God owes us something, no wonder our prayers are weak and our faith is feeble. We haven't put faith in God. We've put faith in our works. Now, maybe those are simple works. Those are things like reading our Bible and praying every day. Those are things like coming to church every Sunday. Those are things like saying the right prayers. Those are things like being nice to other people, following the commandments. Maybe they're things like not doing the bad stuff on the checklist and doing all the right things, filling in all the boxes of who we are supposed to be, fulfilling all the laws. The rich man comes to Jesus and says... What must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus starts naming off the laws and he says, I've done all these. What else do I lack? That's the way we approach God. We approach God as though we are doing everything we're supposed to be doing. Why isn't God holding up his end of the bargain? But the fact of the matter is that we are servants, not masters. God is the master. And if God's the master, then that means everything we do for him, we're supposed to. We're not doing anything special for God. We're only fulfilling our duty. Faith recognizes that it's not based on what I do because what I do is an obligation to God. That's bare minimum. We look at at, at ourselves like, well, I'm better than this person or I'm better than that person and that should be good enough for God. We'll pin a nose on a rose on your nose, right? I can't even say the phrase right. I thought of another phrase that involves a nose and a rubber hose, but I'm not going to say that one. We look at ourselves like we are so great and we have done such great things and we deserve for God to give us all of these just because of what we've done, just because of who we are. I mean, look at me. I'm the pastor. I should, God should be giving me what I want because I'm the one leading his church. Don't you give me that face. That's exactly right, though. No, it doesn't work that way. No, you see, 
What makes us special is what God has done for us, not what we do for God. Faith recognizes that it's not based on what I'm doing, it's based on what he has done. And so the better faith, the purer faith that God is looking for is a faith that isn't based on what I can do for him, expecting God to fulfill an obligation, that I'm coming and praying to him and God is obligated to answer my prayers because I've said it a certain way or because I've done certain things. Instead, what God wants is a faith that loves him dearly and recognizes that everything is based on him. All the works that I do are merely a response to his grace. They don't earn it. They don't put me in good position before God. They merely recognize what he has done through his son, Jesus Christ. And if that is the way that I look at the world, if that is the kind of faith that I have, then mulberry trees are nothing. Mountains, who cares? I can move them around at will because I care more about the God in whom I'm putting my faith than my ability to do great works and for him to owe me. See, when we care more about God, that's what makes our faith pure. It's not just what we do. It's what we experience of him. God doesn't want us just to have a bigger faith. Now, yes, our faith will grow, and that's good, but only as our vision of him grows because that's where our faith is based. If we base our faith in faith itself, that's positive thinking. I have yet to find a verse that says, have faith in faith. Anybody found that? I have found that. Have faith in God. You see, faith that's, uh, in people is bound to fail because, I don't know about you, but I fail. Sometimes, sometimes it's pretty spectacular. Sometimes it's so small that hardly anybody notices. But I fail. Faith in me ain't going to work out because I'm going to fail you. I hate to tell you this, but you too. Faith put in any of us fails because we fail, right? Faith in all of us together. Faith in, in humanity or faith in the church as a whole fails because we are imperfect people and we cannot be the ones on whom faith is built. Only God, only God is capable of upholding faith. Faith in God, pure faith in God, faith that relies on him, faith that loves him, faith that seeks his glory. That's the kind of faith that God's after. That's the pure gold standard of faith. So how can I have more faith? Have more God and you'll have more faith. J.B. Phillips wrote a book, Your God is Too Small. I think he's exactly right. If you find that your faith is lacking, if you find that you do not have the faith that you wish you had, then maybe your God is too small and it's time to get a bigger vision of him. A faith that's not based on works, but leads directly into them. Paul put it this way in Ephesians, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. It is not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus and the good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do that we may walk in them. If your faith is too small, that's because your God is too small. I don't know where you are in this journey of faith, but I have a feeling, like me, you've felt it inadequate at times. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you've looked at your faith and you've said, this is just not nearly enough. Maybe, maybe, the, maybe it looks like a bank account that's been drained. And you're just hoping another check doesn't clear because it's going to bounce. Can I tell you something? If you're worried about not having enough faith, that it's time for you to take another look at Jesus, to fix your eyes on the 
author and perfecter of our faith. I'll be up front. I'd love to help you do that this morning. Maybe you... Maybe you've seen this and, and you've struggled with it for a while and you've said, you know, I, I could always, you know, I could always use more faith, but, but I've grown a lot and, and I just want to continue on to the next level. There's something that, that, that's going on in your heart and you just know, I need to take another step. The altar will be open if you want to come pray. You can pray where you are. Prayer is really cool because it works wherever you are. But if you come up here, we'll pray for you too. If you come up here, we'll know, hey, we need to lift them up. Maybe, maybe you just, you're, I'm not sure that, maybe, maybe you've just not had enough faith to step out in obedience and do something God's called you to do. You know what it is. You know he's going to give you the strength. You know all the, all the excuses don't work. You, you just, you just need to do it. Would you commit to God today to having a more perfect faith, a faith that trusts him enough to obey we're going to do an invitation here in this time. You do what God wants you to do. First, let me pray for you as they come. Father, I pray that you would help us to not only have faith, but to have pure faith. Melt away all of the waste. Burn off the dross. All of the extra metals, just, just take them away so that our faith would be a pure, pure. Help us in this time. In Christ's name we pray. You come along and sing this verse again.